Hello and welcome to the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Mike Varley. And I'm Jesse Hyatt. And this is week 42 of our 52-week walk around New York City. And this week we were walking in Van Cortlandt Park and we were walking in the Bronx Zoo. And right now, we are not in either of those places. <laughs> we're actually in Soundview Park That's at right. the moment. We're in Soundview Park, which is in the Bronx, New York. It is our first week of four straight weeks in this lovely borough. And we can see a little bit through the trees there, the Manhattan skyline, a different view than many people might see. We're walking into the sunset right now and this is a park that's on the opposite side of where we're going to be today which is as jesse mentioned van Cortlandt park and we had a special guest with us today we did we had a guest named layla bakhtiari Mm -hmm. and layla is a good friend of ours she also happens to be someone that has worked with the parks and she has been working in parks systems and with other organizations that are related to park systems for over a decade or so and she had a lot to share with us that was really interesting and we got to learn all about different ways that she has worked to keep the park systems and the forests and all of the urban plant environments healthy and growing and yeah it was really interesting and we also on our walk got to point out some special plants that we saw in Van Cortland and I had a great time. You're giving away the whole game. I'm giving away some of it. People need to people need to discover it for themselves. Okay well I hope they will. Yeah that's right. Stick around. (laughs) Great talk with with Layla. Also we mentioned that we went to the Bronx Zoo Uh, And we have a 360 video for that, which we will put a link up so that folks can see what that's all about. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into Hanging with Layla. All right. Hey. Hi. Hi. Layla, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. On this really nice spring day. Yeah, Yeah, we're here at the stables of Van Cortlandt Park. And... This is one of your favorite parks in the Bronx, right? Yeah, definitely. This is one of the biggest parks, the third biggest park in New York City. Whoa. And one of my favorite. And it's just a really nice place to go on a walk on a nice day. Yeah. Well, it's perfect. It's a nice day then. Let's Let's start. Yeah. Okay. So this is the third biggest park. What's the first and the second? First biggest park is um, Central Park. Okay. No, sorry. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> First biggest <laughs> park is Pelham Bay Park. Okay. Second is Central Park, and okay. this is the third. And then this is third. Yeah. Wow. And when Fresh Gills opens, Fresh Gills would be the biggest. The biggest. one in Staten Island? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, that was the one that we, we didn't get to get into when we were in Staten Island, but I'm excited. Yeah, it's hard to go in. Yeah. It was also right. like still pretty high COVID situation. Right. So people were uh, not keen on letting us in. But yeah, yeah. we get to, you can see from the distance, the potential, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it'll probably open in many, many, many different phases. So I don't know by the time it will all be open, then it will be the biggest park. Right. right. So now still Pelham Bay is the biggest park, which is another favorite 
Yeah, yeah we'll be going there in a couple of weeks. So yeah. we're excited about that. Maybe I'll join you again. So Ooh, yeah. 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 A double double dose. Yeah. <laughs> and does um, that include the golf course that's in here too, or no? Is that yeah? It does. Okay. It does. Yes. My understanding is that's the oldest public course cool. in the country. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was something that also we you know bring up uh, fresh kills. I don't really recall another park in the city or another park that I've been to that has a golf course inside of it, but both Staten Island has one like that and this one has it too. Pelham Bay does too. Oh, oh okay. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Marine Park has one too. Really? Yeah. Right. I didn't like realize that part across, across, across the street. street. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we have, we've only focused on the marine part side, not, yeah. the, not so much <laughs> the golf course side. Cool. But yeah. It's an interesting thing because I always I always think of golf courses as like, like when I grew up, it was very much. Yeah. It was very much like country club, fancy people, and it's like always interesting to see it mashed up with a public park, which yeah. feels like so accessible and like open to everyone. But the golf course, still, I'm like, I'm intimidated by it. Like it feels like this whole other world that I don't know about yeah. for some reason. I mean, they still have country clubs, like the one in Pelham. I haven't been to the one here. It has a really nice country club. Oh, wow. Mm. Really nice bathrooms. Oh, I can say I'm an expert of New York City Park's bathrooms. Oh, <laughs> I wish we had spent more time doing Here's it. Here's yeah, one of my favorite one? bathrooms. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize there was one here. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. What's yeah. so good about this bathroom? Well, it's a singles stall it's okay. you know it's there it's kind of in the middle of the woods it's on your way yeah why don't, out. why don't one of you do some recon see if there's anybody in there oh just real quick so we just, can do a little tour just, yeah the you can you yeah. can take it in there jesse it's okay. really important you know bathrooms oh, when you God. work in the woods it's so and important when you're in the middle of nowhere it's just we're 110 percent <laughs> with you yeah we'll check first i don't want to oh good point don't don't oh it's let's wait <laughs> Oh, well, we don't. We can go back in later. Yeah, I think they're coming out. I think this but, is an important part of our project, too. So I think this is. is really good coverage. Okay. Yeah. Well, also, we haven't really, I mean, probably in the intro that came before this for everyone, we have introduced you. But the oh reason why you know about <laughs> Parks Bathrooms so well is because you spend a lot of time working in, in the, parks. the parks. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. And this park, before I even worked for the Parks Department and NAC, Natural Areas Conservancy, I was an intern with uh, one of my professors who was doing her PhD. And she, she had a really big PhD, for, even for a PhD. She was <laughs> like, I'm going to go find these forest plots that um, another researcher had done 20 years before that in the 80s and um no not no in the 90s mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. when was it anyway a long time ago uh -huh. and um i'm gonna go and this is before gps times when the other person had done it yeah so they had done these forest plots to study the health of it uh, of the forest and um their directions of how to find these uh plots was mostly like 10 meters off the trail up to the big tulip tree. So like the oh big gosh. tulip tree yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Right. Or like oh the small, whatever, 10 dBH 
oak tree and that oak tree is like this big now oh. so anyway this is when tommy and i did that internship i remember that's the, actually the only time i've ever been to pelland day park oh but, really yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah so um we started here as interns and we would take tommy was um our friend and yeah. my roommate at the time and we would take the subway from gowanus and we had to be here at eight in the morning and oh i don't I, it's all a blur how i did that summer because she had a car and she had another intern that they would drive together but the three of us tommy me and another friend would take the subway to all these places every day it was so hot so mosquito-y and like just you know, getting to this bathroom was one moment of sanctuary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And that was my introduction. And right. then, you know, it all got better after right. that. Yeah. yeah. And, but that, you know, that, that like um, got my attention and interest into doing this stuff. So nice. I think we can peek in. Here. I feel Here, like if you can in. get through all of those things you just listed, mm -hmm. like then you know that you're good for on a job. Like then that's what you yeah, want. Yeah. And that was, um, here, here we go into oh, this. Oh, it's two stall. Oh, it is oh. two. Okay, so Upgrade. there's two stall. Oh, I think two it's stalls. two stalls. I just forgot. Oh, they have seats. Yeah, Whoa. they have seats and That's usually huge. toilet Not paper. Not all bathrooms have seats. There is toilet paper. Two rolls in there. Yeah. That's, That's really important. You know, if you and ever... And they're clean. Toilet paper, seat. They're not that used. Oh, you know what, though? This sink candle is one of the ones that has to, like, you have to hold it on. Oh, yeah. Not a big fan of that. There's soap. Yeah. Great. And an accelerator. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't turn it on. It's probably loud. You know, loud. it's Pretty funny. Good. We, were, we were just talking before we turned on the camera how we weren't sure how much of the engagement we were going to talk about. But I did not think that this was going to be relevant, maybe ever. But here we are. So after I proposed <laughs> to Jesse last week, we came <laughs> out of the preserve, the Willow Lake Preserve. And we used a bathroom that was on the other side in the playground. And the bathroom, the New York City park bathroom, smelled like incense. Oh, wow. And it was like, what is, this is some weird special thing that's happening right now that like, I'm using the bathroom after I proposed and it's like <laughs> magical in this bathroom. <laughs> So, Someone just set that up for you. Yeah, I was, I was pretty amazing. pleased about that. <laughs> that is so fun. But yeah, I mean, we are definitely, uh, we use the park bathrooms every day, basically. That's great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Parks and playgrounds. Like before, when we started this, we thought, since it wasn't going to be during COVID, we thought we'd be going into a lot of businesses and libraries for bathrooms. But parks and playgrounds, like general green spaces, have really been the savior yeah that's that's really cool because you know i work in natural areas and forests and wetlands and that's always been my focus and whenever in the recent years when i've been more involved in parks budget and like understanding how the whole system works yeah specifically last year when i listened to the hearings and all that everyone is obsessed about bathrooms and toilet paper. <laughs> it's like all the constituents really care about toilet yeah. paper. Oh and it's really important. I mean, you know, a forest is beautiful and it's a very important ecosystem, but if the bathroom is dirty, yeah. like no one wants to come. If, if the forest becomes degraded, not everyone is gonna notice. But right. if the bathroom is dirty, 
everyone is going to notice that's and a good everyone point. is going to talk about it and everyone's going to complain about it to oh. city council that's yeah. totally true and like there's the potential that if the bathroom sucks or if there aren't enough people are like going to the bathroom in the forest yeah that's which a good is then point. a whole nother like that degrades the forest yeah. as well yeah that is a good point now this one i think maybe is a national park i don't know you'd tell me but the Jamaica Bay Preserve bathroom, I remember, is a very nice bathroom as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that, that falls that under... That is a national yeah, park. Yeah. yeah. That one feels like... Is it in the nature center? It's in the nature center. Yeah. It That's feels really like you're nice going into, like, a center. children's library or yeah. something. Like, it's, like, heated and, like... That's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. real nice. Yeah. <laughs> Another anyway. good one is... Uh, this is not in a wetlands area. But a lot of the Central Park bathrooms, particularly, I think my the one that I've noted is the ancient playground bathroom feels like a four-star hotel lobby bathroom <laughs> yeah it's got black and white tiles on the thing and like just i don't know it's clean as anything and wow. all the amenities in there <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah yeah i mean mike's been like doing bagel reviews and about halfway through we realized oh we should have been doing bathroom reviews too <laughs> yeah. well i'm glad that we're talking about it <laughs> yeah we're finally bringing it up yeah <laughs> Do you have any sense of like when they make the official change to later hours? Because, you know, 4 p.m. is when the bathrooms close uh, oh. in the winter time. But then it says like seasonal. But huh. like, is do you know if there's any er, any actual time or is it just kind of a judgment call? Actually, no, I never I never knew that. Yeah, that, it, that it, they close at four. Yeah, I, I hadn't because I, I usually I would not be in a park after dark yeah or even before four uh, like i would be either back to the office you'd be getting home <laughs> right. yeah getting home in some some capacity yeah um but yeah i didn't know that that's the thing yeah so pivoting back to parks mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, oh we're not going to do an hour and a half bathroom not, podcast <laughs> i mean i guess we could you guys want to do that <laughs> no 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 i think it's time good good instance um, <laughs> Uh, would you tell us a little bit about what the jobs that you do within the park involves? Like, I know you've had so many different projects that you've worked on, and I'm leaving this kind of as an open-ended question. Yeah. Um, but like when you're physically working in like outside in the park, I know a lot of your work also is like research and on the computer and like data mm -hmm. but like when you're physically outside like will you give us a little insight into what that looks like yeah definitely maybe i'll give you because i've been i've been doing so many different things with different teams yeah in the past years i'll give you a little like history of what i did so yeah. it all cool. started with that internship mm -hmm. um i it, it was you know, we had to do a summer internship at some point um, in college, and I didn't, I wanted to do it the last year, mm. not um, after, yeah, not after my sophomore year. Yeah. But then Lou, our friend Lou Wright, convinced me because he wanted to do an internship and stay in New York that summer. Uh huh. And our other friends, Hannah and Tommy, um, were in the in one two nine yeah and they their roommates were leaving and they had two rooms 
for a sublet. Right. So Lou convinced me and was like, you have to get an internship this summer. We'll all live in a really cool house and it'll be really fun. Yeah. So I got convinced. I applied to this, um, you know, field data collection internship. Yeah. Um, with two professors that I really liked. And then got the internship, decided, you know, saw the apartment. It was cool. It was a little dirty <laughs> at the time. There was a Not lot anymore. of like, <laughs> there was a lot of. This is the apartment you still live in. Yeah. 129 13th Street. Yeah. 11th Street. 11th. 11th rather, yeah. It, it had like a lot of pieces of paper on the wall as art. Right. That was crazy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then Lou decided to go to Alaska. Right. And bailed on me. Oh right. my gosh. Gosh. And yeah, so I ended up staying there. I ended up becoming really good friends with Hannah and Tommy, doing this internship with Tommy and like really getting into it. In a way that, you know, I, I never thought I would be like a nerdy science person. I always really liked nature. I always really liked camping. But, you know, identifying every single plant and like getting really into the Latin names of things was um, was all new to me. Yeah. And like Tommy and I would like speak in Latin together. And because <laughs> all it was like learning a whole new language of of plant language. Yeah. yeah. So that summer went by, it was really cool. We did some work with the parks department. It was during the Million Trees um, program, uh -huh. which Jesse's wearing a hat Ooh, yeah. from, from that time. <laughs> and, was um, that planned? Yes. Okay. Nice. <laughs> the color looks really good. Um, yeah, so we did um, forest studies where we would go into certain parts of the forest that was getting restored mm -hmm. and we were would kind of um study the the function of it and how big the plants were how much they were growing if there were any invasive plants around and um stuff like that and oh and what's an invasive plant i think i i mean we've talked about it personally before but i feel like it's that's an interesting thing yeah that's a good question um sorry should we go Let's go this way. Okay, okay. let's do this it. This looks like a very nicely, yeah, nicely newly manicured. done trail. Um, okay, so an invasive plant, there's, it's basically a plant that is not local, not native to, to this area, but also acts as an invasive um, plant and kind of takes over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is from a different place with similar climate. Mm -hmm but um so it really thrives here right and it creates a monoculture so it, it's just one plant that takes over so there's so if you look at this forest there's like three layers there's the canopy trees up there uh -huh. mm -hmm. and those are the big mature trees and then there's like the second generation which is the you know younger mid-story trees or shrubs mm -hmm. okay and then below, which on the, the ground cover, which there's not that much stuff yet, is um, where all the herbaceous plants are, is where all the seeds germinate and, you know, the newest generation comes up. Mm -hmm. So invasive plants are, you know, they could be trees, they could be shrubs, they could be vines. A lot of them are vines here mm -hmm. in New York City. 
and they kind of like come take over they don't let anything on the ground to really germinate because mm. they create a blanket or they grow on young trees oh. and kind of pull them down oh. and kill them oh wow or they're they're themselves are invasive trees and you know create shade and don't let anything else mm. grow. They, they kind of like take it all yeah and then um break this structure of the forest ecosystem which is you know all of these layers and all these layers need to exist and need to have like a diverse ecosystem for it to be healthy and continue to to exist if mm. you know everything was one plant and that one plant died then we wouldn't have anything mm. right but is there there is a lot of like controversy with invasive not a lot i guess there there are a certain group of people that don't think that we should manage yeah. like we should intervene and in that which i've heard this before too like just let them sort it out yeah. on their own kind of thing and i feel like that's really you know not thinking about the ecology and and uh forest as a whole system right mm. um well and also like i don't know from my perspective knowing only like mostly what i've learned from you <laughs> and a couple of our other friends it seems like the invasive species like they're come it's not like oh we should just let them be because plants have their own life but it's like a, they're here because of humans right exactly. like they're not here because they like naturally came over through yeah. through nature yeah like, exactly that's that's what i wanted to say so this is um this is wineberry it's a type of rubus rubus phenicolasis that is actually really pretty and it has you know these are all thorns mm. and um it has berries like raspberries and birds love it mm. and because birds love it they eat it and go poop it other places and it just comes oh. out everywhere oh. so that's another part of why we you know we wouldn't really need to manage um, invasives because they usually if they're seed dispersed or um you know they, they're dispersed with the wind or if birds like them they always have like tasty berries like i eat wineberry yeah. really and I, and I call it like invasive species management oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're really tasty where are they from originally do you know i don't know because we have native rubuses we have native um different types of uh like there's a Pennsylvania rubus, blackberries, uh -huh. and, and stuff. Huh. Um, I have an idea, but let me let me double check. It. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So they this these guys don't really take over and like pull down a tree, but they right. just make a big blanket. Gotcha. Um, is there a name for plants that are uh, considered somehow cohabitating in a way that isn't, you know? invasive in quote like yeah. it like what are, what is the name for that there there's a lot of non-native plants that yeah. don't act invasive and you know you could manage them or you could let them just be because i don't believe that we need to have like a hundred percent native ecosystem a native mm -hmm. forest that is the same as what was you know in along 400 500 years ago right, right. I, I don't that's not my goal to like create right but um 
I do think that keep like any other thing, forests also need a keep up. And, right. And because these are just small patches of nature in really densely uh, populated areas, there, Van Cortlandt Park has three major highways. Right. Splitting yeah. it into like seven different pieces. Right. You know. Right. Which so is it crazy. definitely needs extra maintenance too for even yeah. just like trash cleanup and stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. so so a lot of the work you do sometimes is like tracking the invasives and, and yeah. like figuring out a plan for exactly. what to do with them. Yeah. So so going back to like the long story. Yeah. yeah the timeline. Where are we now? <laughs> yeah. Where we did the internship. Then I graduate. Then I get a job like a week after college, which I had no idea. You yeah. know, I just like <laughs> applied to this job. It was called a forest technician. And um, it was a seasonal six month long summer job where it was you would basically do the same thing that I did with that professor. Mm -hmm. you go out, identify plants, do some plots and do um, this method called entitation, mm -hmm. which is a funny thing. You go out and you like look, you um, draw entities of what different forest community types are and what plants you see in there. Okay. So it's a really fun job. And, and that was with parks, right? That was with parks. That was in 2012. I would walk around. My boss was um, Clara, which you guys know. She's really, <laughs> I don't know, a friend yeah. now. Another forester. Yeah. And we had an intern that year. And we would just go around, look around, identify plants, note them down, and then make reports. Mm -hmm. So. She actually did Van Cortlandt Park um, antitation as when she was first hired. Oh. And I did Riverdale Park, which is over here, a couple of right. um, blocks up there, and one of my favorite parks, really. Um, so, so anyway, that happened in 2012, and then Hurricane Sandy hit. Right. Um, in November, and my line was supposed to end sometime before Christmas. Right. Then we got some, you know, it was major storm, major storm cleanup. Everyone kind of got dispersed to do different work. Mm -hmm. Most people that knew how to manage contracts and contractors were doing street tree cleanup. I was still, you know, pretty new. Yeah. So I walked around with a GPS mapping every tree that was down oh my gosh and like um had had stopped a trail wow in one way or another wow which was incredible yeah, yeah. i was just like alone in the woods going to all these parks that i had never heard of and just being like oh you know like something like this would have been what i would have mapped as right a i mean this is older probably than 2012 but it's a tree that had had covered covered this trail and you know someone needed to come chop it up and make um the trail open again yeah now in terms of like mapping like the process is that like a it, for for one tree does that take 30 seconds does that take five minutes does it take four hours like how long is oh. it to like you know like start to finish like i have documented this instance oh so that's um a good question we have these 
super nerdy GPS units right. that are very accurate okay. to the sub meter. And they're like really bulky and yellow and have like an antenna on the head. Uh -huh. And they have the program. Should we go up? Sure. sure. They have a program called um, Esri um, ArcGIS on okay. it, okay. which is a spatial, spatial data um, program. And um, so you basically make a point of where, wherever you see it and the big antenna collects all the location. Um, mm -hmm. It actually collects like five different points and then makes one point. Oh, wow. From, from that. So it's like super accurate. Wow. Cool. Um, crazy thing, like when there's something important happening, like when there's the UN has something or like the president is in town. Yeah satellites are all weird yeah. and I had no idea yeah. about that I would like go out and be like oh, this GPS is not working oh. <laughs> oh my God. and then you know I would hear that oh yeah it's because the satellites are being like monitored they like or... flip them or something so that people can't I don't weird. know whoa that's yeah. really weird it's crazy right so anyway that happened in Wait, so wait, so you, you have so, this advanced GPS system. Right. Do you basically just like hit a button and then it's like done next tree? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. And for that, I didn't need to identify species. I didn't mm, need right. to identify community types, nothing. Um, sorry, this is a good example of how like invasive oh, wow. plants kind of take over mm. and there's not a lot of other things right. going around it. And they're even, they're on the rocks too, right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go on with the uh, yeah. Timeline. So the so that was the, you know that was it. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, throughout. So then that winter. Um. Oh, then, then North Brother Island happened. Oh. Then I got. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. Maybe people like me or something. I was. <laughs> There was this old You grant. map a good tree. Yeah. yeah. I, I mapped all the good trees and, and was willing to just go alone in the woods and do stuff. Yeah. Um, so someone who was the director of forest restoration was like, there's this really old um, grant that we have and I need, like, I need someone to help me manage the the contract work and getting permits and stuff because it was the grant was to do some restoration work on North Brother Island, okay. which is an island um, here in the Bronx, um, in Hell's Gate, and it's an abandoned island. Um, last time I think anyone was on it was um, the 60s. There was a tuberculosis uh, hospital on it. Mm -hmm. and. Um, and yeah, so th there's like all these really cool buildings on there, but because no one has been there, managed any of the, of the nature around it, it's, um, it's, it's very overgrown. Right. So I started working on that and I think that was kind of the doorway of me becoming this person that did a lot of data collection on, on how, what the, um, condition of of areas that needed to get some sort of attention and management were right mm. so like what were the management concerns in each of these areas and then um 
kind of uh, work with with the people that do the work on on those areas to, to prioritize it. So during this timeline, Parks also started a nonprofit um, to like the sister nonprofit for um, for natural areas it was called the Natural Areas Conservancy, and they did the first like ecological assessment okay. where they studied all the salt marshes, all the forests, all the freshwater wetlands, um, doing plots mm-hmm. and pl- forest plots. Their forest plots were a 10 meter circle okay. where they would just, you know, study all the trees and all the shrubs and vines and herbs and any kind of human impact, soils, leaf litter, all of these stuff. And they created like the first citywide database of all of, uh, of the condition of our nature. Right. And this was a recent development? This was, this is still happening, you know, uh-huh. but 2012, the conservancy was created, 2013 and 14, the major data collection happened. And then there's, you know, last year there were a couple of parks that didn't have ecological assessments. So. And was that is were ecological assessments uh, something that was new within the field, or just had never happened in New York City? A comprehensive citywide assessment had not. We did not have that data. Right. Wow. And I don't know of any other cities that have that level of data cool. in all of their natural areas. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there might be other cities that have it we should go this way okay um but i i don't know of them yeah and it's Um, also cool just to think about i mean you're the north brother island you're referencing an island that uh doesn't have any regular traffic to it i mean it's cool to think a that the city is spending time on areas that don't have any actual like intrinsic civic value i mean they they have value but Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's not being used but it's still we're deciding that it has value oh absolutely i mean north weather island is a really important ecological little body of of island because it's on the migratory bird Mm. way and there's actually two islands there's south weather island which has no buildings on it Mm -hmm. and um north weather island and birds you know audubon society goes there every year and they do a little um, study of if the birds are coming back or not. The mm-hmm. birds stopped going to North Brother Island because it had started to get a little um, too invaded and they oh, would wow. only go to North Brother. So that was one of the reasons we started working there. And I think that's, going back to the bird thing, that's an important point. You know, a lot of the work that we do is to create habitat for wildlife. Right. And one of the major wildlife in New York City are birds. Right. There's so, like 300 species or something, right, that come through Yeah, every year? something crazy. I wish I knew birds. I really, every year I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to learn birds this year. Yeah. <laughs> and I never do because, you know, plants are a lot easier. They, 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 stay, they, still. they stay still. That's right. <laughs> and That's then you true. can open your guide and just like go, you know, when they have leaves and stuff, some people can identify things when they're leafless. Sure. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Well, there's still time well, yeah, and there's a lot to learn. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they, wow. they kind of go straight 
like lollipops up. Mm. What are they? Tulip trees. Yeah, these are tulip trees. Yeah. Oh, cool. This is a cool one with the double. But it's double. Yeah. Aww. They're best friends. <laughs> um, the, well, like, kind of related to birds, <laughs> that they, that these spaces where, like, m most people can't get to also, mm -hmm. like, there's only two ways to get there, is to fly as a bird or to take a boat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you were going out to North Brother Island. On a boat. Like, that was part of your commute, not even, like, a ferry. Like, yeah. a boat that you had to actually yeah. take, right? Or, like, someone would row, like, either you would row it or someone else would row you. Oh, it was a motorboat, but yeah. Oh, yes. it was a motorboat? Yeah, Hell's Gate is crazy. <laughs> Hell's Gate, it, that's why it's called Hell's Gate. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, you know, uh, I would not want to row. I'm sure people have rowed to North Brother Island. Yeah, but it's but, safer to do motorboat. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's funny because there was a photographer who um, had been, before my time, had gotten a permit and um, started taking photos of North Brother uh, in different seasons. Yeah. And he... Um, yeah, he had a friend who had a boat that lived in like Virginia or something. And the friend would bring the boat and they, you know, you're not allowed to go there because first of all, it's liability. It's yeah. not open to the public and you're not allowed to go in the buildings. Mm -hmm. And they would need like a parks person to, to be there right. and enforce. And um, I would be that person but it was at the end of the project so he really knew the part the the island so much better than me i was just you know really excited to that's be so cool on this island and he had been there for many years wow and really knew how to get around and you know, all the trails and stuff so he mostly showed me around that's so cool yeah and then the book got published maybe 2014 or sometime around then yeah yeah um so when it comes to you know these really important things about preserving habitats for animals and also just preserving plant habitats for the sake of the plants and uh things that you know uh, people that might be more uh financially minded or business minded might not see as a priority but we still need to fund these sorts of things how does it work? Is it like, like, is it mostly just like tax dollars or immediately earmarked or are there actual um, pleas to people that might have interest in birds or interest <laughs> in tulip trees or something like that in order to give money? Like what mm -hmm. is, what does that cocktail look like of funding? That's a great question. So New York City Parks funding is all tax dollar funding. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a mayoral agency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they get grants sometimes, um, but one of the main parts of creating Natural Areas Conservancy to, to have a nonprofit partner was to bring funding mm. to natural areas. You mm. know, it was built similar oh. to the- Sorry, I have to take a picture of this key real quick. Oh, cool. <laughs> Is that a thing? That's a thing we do. Nice. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Um, yeah, so, so it was built on the same model as um, Central Park Conservancy, where, you know, in the 80s, Central Park was really degraded. And um, the person that was the park administrator, Betsy Barlow Rogers, decided to create a conservancy because Central Park is, you know, surrounded by a lot of money. Yeah. And right. bring that 
that funding into the um in, the into, into, of the park. Yeah, <laughs> and into the maintenance of the park yeah. really and central park is you know one of the most um successful models of that public private partnership yeah um prospect park alliance is the same a lot of you know fort green yeah. a lot of these parks um north brooklyn um inwood and highbridge have a uh, for Tryon Conservancy. I don't really know the name of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so Natural Areas Conservancy was the same idea, but it's mm. a, across 10,000 acres. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a lot harder to kind of sell that because you can't be like, this is Prospect Park or this is Central Park. It has a defined boundary. Yeah. You live right across it. Give me money. Don't you want And it I to would be... plant trees. And yeah. I would remove these thorny vines. You right. Know? Right, right. And that's one of the main reasons that they did the main ecological assessment mm. was to kind of get an idea. You, you asked about dollar value to get right. an idea of the condition uh -huh. of how these areas were just ecologically yeah. and then um, put a dollar value on how much it costs to mm. restore them and conserve the good conditions of them. Because Parks has, you know, more than 30 years of experience doing restoration and conservation work. So it was building on that um, experience and kind of looking at all the um, conditions to see where, you know, where was in a really bad condition. What, and you needed to like bring an outside contractor to really completely restore it. Mm. Or right. if somewhere, a lot of the parts of this park are, are really good and yeah. they just need a little bit of maintenance, a little bit of going through and sweeping some invasive vines or going through and um, doing, you know, some sort of um, native plant um, planting. But yeah. there are some parts of the park that are also, you know, it could be very patchy because it's um, it's an urban area. Right. 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 Well, I guess I can imagine, too, like having that full map of the whole city, like it might make it easier to be like, well, you know, if we take care of this little thing that maybe costs like money but not as much exactly it'll save you from having to do this huge thing that like we really need to do over here but like you know if we had just done this 20 years ago yeah. we wouldn't even be in this position like yeah it i feel like yeah it, it like makes it clear for the people mm -hmm. that have the money an easier way to like understand what people are talking about yeah a good comparison that i've heard a lot is comparing it with the mta and the the subways is yeah. that you know the subways could have been not as bad if they had been invested in right um, at the time that they weren't this bad and and our forests generally in the city are pretty native and you know that overstory that canopy layer is is good yeah but then the next generation of of trees are not as native and mm. healthy just like looking at it on a citywide level of course right. it's different park by park right so and I guess now that is the time to right. to do that investment because that next generation is going to ultimately become the like 
overarching yeah, canopy exactly. at some point. Yeah, and um, and so, is that the? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is that the 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 kind of the pitch to the private sector, so to speak? Like like how is it that you motivate people to say like, yeah, this is important for me to to give to make that mm -hmm. happen? Is it because like is the next generation like one of the big cornerstones of trying to hmm. get cash in? Yeah, I think that I think a lot of people care about that. The way that that Natural Areas Conservancy kind of approached this was, you know, they created um, the the citywide ecological assessment right. and then made management plans. So yeah. first, mm. the one that I worked on was the forest management framework, which mm -hmm. was a 25 year plan. It was a partnership between parks and NAC and they, um, you know, made this it's it's an ask of how much it will cost to to restore all of and conserve all of the the forests mm -hmm. uh, in the next 25 years and it's only 300 million dollars <laughs> oh wow for for 25 years it's for really, all of it for all that's of it that's actually you know I mean, 7,300 acres of forest yeah thinking Seven. about how much a bathroom costs yeah. to build yeah. Yeah. it's not a lot no for... that's not bad at all yeah especially when you look at like what our total city budget is in a year yeah like it's built it's tens of billions right our city well I, we've done the city budget thing we can i don't know if i can't remember it right now but well parks budget <laughs> is is less than one percent yeah of the city's budget wow. right and with the cuts i think this year is like even less than even that. less yeah. less than half a percent now yeah so mike to your question of how do you sell it i think that's a really hard question mm. because i think each funder has different goals and different motivations but i think the way that the conservancy pitched it was you know we're making we're going to make these management plans there's a forest management framework there is a trails program and right now they're they're gonna publish a wellens management framework actually i want to go and show you guys the skunk cabbage there okay okay cool. well let's talk about let's finish this thought okay, okay. um and then pitching those to you know different funders or getting funding from different um both private and also you know the city council right. so mm -hmm. that kind of goes into back to that timeline so when i was at the conservancy we were creating this framework i was working on um creating a protocol to kind of figure out how do we measure change to to report on this 25-year plan right um and created an, another assessment like a rapid assessment that we would look pre-work and past work and and kind of compare um the the work that was done um and the city council this then then there was a coalition that was built um kind of spearheaded by new yorkers for parks and right. it's called playfair and the playfair um coalition you know did a lot of advocacy and got a lot of funding from from the city council this is an fy20 so in 2019 mm -hmm. mm. and um four million dollars of that came to implement the forest management framework to to us to okay. to uh, natural resources and that was um yeah that was a lot because it was you know 
in in that framework there is like a breakdown of how much it would cost to do each thing each year but the whole idea of that framework is that it's a 25 year plan right and it's a long term thinking and it's it's like let's not just do a little bit of thing over here a little bit of thing over there and to give like the first year of it without any other uh, promise, it, it was really hard to implement. You know, it took us a long six months to like hire people. We hired right. 43 people. And then of course COVID happened. And right. then, you know, everyone had to, the funding didn't, didn't get refunded. So um, yeah. And I think that that is part of why the nonprofits, you know, they both do advocacy with other places like New Yorkers for Parks, but also the private funding is really important right but i can't really see all of this uh, all of that framework being something that a nonprofit would no sorry that that the city would fully fund yeah i really hope that it would be but i don't know well even like what you're saying the fact that you know every single year in the summer right you're like okay are they gonna fund our next year like I I don't know if I have a job past July I don't know if the people that work for me are gonna be here past July like if they don't fund what we're asking for yeah and it's like up to the people that vote on the budget and like what they feel like is right for their constituents and to keep their job and like that's so many layers of like a house of cards Mm -hmm. that yeah it makes more sense to just have like steady money but you know that like this rich person wants parks to be cool so like yeah. they're gonna give a hundred thousand dollars every year and then know, tell their that, friends that and like cool. or whatever it is like that that's central park reliable. has that i believe great. it yeah. yeah all right yeah let's, let's go, go inside look at cabbage. i like the name of it yeah <laughs> okay let me i also feel comfortable going off-roading with you i don't right. know if i would like we have a god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we saw these yesterday. Oh, Aren't they yeah. cool? You can tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so these are skunk cabbage. They're one of the first plants that um, that become green. You know, sometimes when there's still even snow on the ground, you can see them sprouting. Oh really? Out. Yeah, and they're a little yellow, a little purple when they come out. It's oh. um, this area is a seasonally wet area, so. Van Cortlandt Park has a lot of forests and a lot of freshwater wetlands. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of forested um, wetland. And this this area, you can see, you know, it's it's pretty wet. And skunk cabbage oh, yeah. really likes wet um, conditions. So to me, this plant is just a sign of spring. Mm. You know, you can see it. And you're like, okay, this winter is gonna gonna be over, and it's one of the first things that that becomes green, and um, yeah, it's 
it's native it's pretty cool the way that it's distributed throughout. yeah and it just pops up like that on and it phone. pops out yeah can I you wish... eat it i mean i was gonna say skunk cabbage doesn't sound like the most appetizing mm, thing i don't think so okay but like and maybe like skunks eat it and that's why it's called skunk cabbage or does it smell like skunks i don't know oh doesn't smell like skunk. It smells like grain. Oh. My guess is it probably tastes like skunk smells. Hmm. Maybe. Ew. That would be, I that mean. That would be gross. That wouldn't be great. That's a really convenient way, though, to let you know that this thing that looks delicious is, in fact, Yeah. Because it does look delicious. Yeah. Like, yeah. it looks like great pieces of collard or lettuce or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I know it's skunk cabbage, so I don't think it looks yeah, delicious. I, I don't really look at this and say delicious. I look at this and say, oh, yay, it's spring. Yeah. Even though there's not a lot of leaves around. Yeah, it is crazy knows. how like bright and vibrant it is too, mm -hmm. especially because there's like nothing else yeah. to look at that's like that. Yeah, yeah. It really like makes a show. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. so glad to know what it is because, yeah, we saw it yesterday and we were like, are those, did someone plant their vegetables here? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. That's and this is also an invasive that you, I know you can smell. Um, garlic mustard. Mm. It smells pretty garlicky. Oh. Yeah. Can you eat that? Yeah, people, that's people like, make pesto with it. Right. Is I, it like the same as a mustard green? Um, no? no, it's it's more like basil-y, not, but not basil actually. It's it's like pretty garlicky. It's oh, like cool. fresh garlic mm. greens. That sounds good. And um, yeah, it's again an, another plant that comes up early and um, we do some garlic mustard pulling with volunteers. Volunteers really like it because it's easy to identify. Right. You know. Um, early spring event right and you pull it because you you pull it, get it yeah out of the way. and it's like a weed. the first year it doesn't have seeds but the second year it has seeds and um you know you want to pull it before it goes to seed because it really disperses oh. everywhere we can hear we're getting near the uh vehicles yeah oh yeah we should we try to cross over yeah the we should yeah sure the, uh, the audio will be uh Not a little right bit of right an there. adventure but we should cross over mm -hmm. yeah it's wild to be i mean i feel like this year especially even like having been your friend and living with you for so long and like hearing all about the parks like actually experiencing them and like walking to all of them it's so crazy and amazing how much access to nature we have in this like insanely dense concrete urban setting how you can just like get on the subway or walk down the street and be like in this space that's actually a forest i know and yeah i'm so glad that you're experiencing that as a friend of mine who you know is not in in my work field that makes me so happy yeah. you know texting with both of you guys about yeah. these places that i've gone to so many times and i've i have like you know i i love them and mm -hmm. to, to have you guys just go visit them and then we can talk about it yeah. it's, it's just like it's a 
huge um, joy creator. Yeah. Well, me. it's an affirmation of your work too, you know? It's like uh, you go and you do your work, but you don't necessarily see people appreciating it, but you get to yeah. hear that it does happen, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and the people, or, you know, or if the people that I see appreciate it, there's, I don't have personal connections right, mm, right. to them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's made me just like understand what you do more too. Like, it's like put it all just like in more of like a map in my brain. Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't understand generally what you were doing, but like now I can actually point to it and be like, oh, yeah, this amazing space. It's not just like a park. It's not just like yeah. a little playground or something. It's like this insane space that you're making sure stays beautiful and like safe for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about to cross uh, the road now, <laughs> and we, you know, actually talked about this topic with your partner on a previous <laughs> podcast oh, episode with Bahij on the BQE <laughs> and Robert Moses. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I've been thinking about it this week because the Bronx is very intertwined with these major roads, and you got to walk around them or under them, and it's... It's almost beyond our comprehension to know what the city would be like without these things, you know? Yeah, and actually Van Cortlandt was a Dutch family's land right. that um, was all one piece. And, oh wow, yeah, before, you know, before all these highways, the three highways yeah. that cut through it. So yeah. Let's give what a moment highway? of silence for these uh, cars. I don't know if we'll be able to hear ourselves. So that's the Henry Hudson Parkway, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, uh, I'm definitely like? not in the uh, in the mood or in the interest of villainizing that experience, but it is pretty amazing. You can go an hour with just being in this very quiet environment, and then yeah. here we are, this very different situation. Yeah. Know? Well, also after having walked for this seven thousand like, miles, yeah, we're yeah, getting there. Almost. Yeah. Um, and getting so used to the slow pace of walking. I actually took a car up here the other day and it was terrifying. Like it was so scary to be on the Jackie Robinson and then oh, to wow. be on the 678, whatever that is. Like <laughs> I, he was like so fast and like so windy. And I was like, is this guy, like, is he a bad driver or am I like just used to walking? <laughs> That's so funny. I actually don't know. It might've also just not been a great driver. <laughs> But it's so, yeah, it was shocking to the system. Yeah. Um, um, I want to go back to your timeline. Did we skip a step between North Brother and... Um, yeah. Okay, so the step we skipped was before I went to Natural Areas Conservancy, um, my grant line ended mm -hmm. and 
there was a, another grant that was kind of like, again, it was some, it was a bunch of different sources of funding that um, we, sorry, let me, let me just think about this. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> um, mapping large marine debris that had been washed onto the salt marshes of New York City. So New York City has 3,400 acres of salt marsh. Wow. For New York City parksland. Okay. Yeah. So parkland is 10,000 acres of, of natural area, 7,300 and 3,400, um, 7,300 forests and, and um, a little over 3,000 salt marshes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it was going out again to these marshes and mapping where there was debris. Mm -hmm. And debris was like, you know, really big boats that had been washed on to, um, onto the marsh, either after Sandy or any kind of storm. And right big things that were damaging the salt marsh right is like a shopping cart is that too small that's talking... that's too small okay. yeah not something that you could just you know manually pick up mm -hmm. and and take away stuff that you had to like hire a crew to like manage right well a contractor so there was okay. this contractor who had this crazy machine that had a crane on it and um the crane had like a 25 foot reach okay so the whole point of me being there was to make sure that the marsh doesn't get damaged in the process of of removing this large oh. debris you don't just like drag it out or you right. don't pull it or anything um and so he would come with this with this like boat that had a crane on it and then I open the crane and go and like grab the boat and pull it and bring it on um on the um on the barge right yeah and that was really fun that was less than a year that i did that i started in like february and all of the marshes were frozen so it was wow. really easy for me to walk around you know it was really cold and i would be bundled up again with that gps go like <laughs> map put down the exact location and like count and estimate of size of where these things were yeah and then in the summer go with that contractor and pick them up. It was always the same guy, the yeah. contractor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there were a bunch of jokesters. It was like this guy that was, um, you know, th they would make fun of me because my whole thing was like, oh, no, don't drag it. Like, you know, I would like take photos. Yeah. So they made a sign. They, yeah. they had a job before that in, um, in the Boston area. And they made a sign for me that was like the mosh mashes <laughs> <laughs> like big piece of wood <laughs> they were like here comes the mosh mashes and oh i was like no <laughs> it was funny that's cute that's yeah. <laughs> yeah so that i think that was part of the timeline that we skipped and yeah then it was natural and earth then, conservancy right. and then parks. and then now you're back at parks right yeah so what? when when that playfair funding got money i um came back to manage that program and now um, now that the funding of that went away now I'm doing a um, sea level rise study yeah um, looking at areas that 
marshland that um, is going to be affected by sea level mm -hmm. rise by the year 2085 and wow. kind of see where there's room for these marshlands to migrate. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of like desktop analysis. Mm. What would you say for people who are listening to this and being like, wow, Layla's really a lot of really cool shit. And like, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I want to like help. Like, I don't, I have a job already, but you know, like the, what are the, like the volunteer opportunities? How, mm. do, how does someone pursue uh, doing something like this on a fun basis? Yeah. Um, so New York City Parks has a whole team dedicated to stewardship, so the NYC Park Stewardship Team, uh -huh. and they run volunteer events throughout the year. Okay. So they have, um, you know, street tree care, forest care, marsh care, trail care. Yeah. You know, they they do all of it. Yeah. Um, right now it's the planting season. Yeah. And. Uh, almost all of the planting that we do is done by volunteers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you Google NYC Parks Stewardship, um, it's kind of divided up by all the boroughs. Yeah. You can click on where you want to go yeah. and um, pick a place to go plant native trees and shrubs cool. in restored places. And then, um, uh, yeah, the, the marsh work is is different depending on you know what's going on uh or what stage uh, that marsh is a lot of times is trash pickup sometimes is putting up goose fencing um <laughs> so the geese don't right. come and eat the, the marsh that was planted sometimes it's um it, yeah trail work could you could be anywhere yeah and it's a really fun team um, to work with. Everyone there is really dedicated to, I mean, everyone that I've ever worked with are amazing people, you know, yeah. people that love what they do and are fun to hang out with, really. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that world really like, because it's so specific, I guess. Yeah. And it's also outdoorsy and like, it's not, I don't know that anyone would go into parks and just be like, yeah, I just want a regular office job. I don't yeah. really care about this. Even though you do need regular office jobs to to be able to sustain stuff. Sure. You know, but even those, even that is, is fun because you're working with like nature in the city. Or, right. You know, par public parkland in the city. Yeah. Ooh, what's that? Oh, that's um, the grave site of what? the Van Cortlands. Yeah. And like the family? Yeah. No, oh, they're I've not all still this. there, but a couple of the family is still there. And also their like priest is buried there. Wow. Yeah, we can walk down there in a second. And at some point, what was the story, Mike? At some point during the Revolutionary War? Yeah, there were some records that were stored there to protect it from the British, from the New York City oh, uh, archives. Yeah. yeah, and one of the Van Cortland, like when they knew the British were invading, one of the Van Cortland family people like secretly got the New York City records and just visited their like family crypt and hid them in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that why? They're not there anymore. Is that why they don't have any um, tombstones? Oh, well, the tombstones were taken down in the 70s because people were freaked out, vandalizing them. Oh. And like stealing stuff. And, hmm. and then this is the parade grounds, which 
we get a this nice view. This is where it's nice to see it Jane Goodall. What? Yes. Really? Yes. On these rocks or down no, in there? Down, down there. <laughs> I mean, it's equally, it's equally crazy, I gotta be was honest. Was she but. giving I mean, a talk or did, was yeah. she just happened to be here? No, she was giving a talk. It was an okay. event for her. Um, she has a program called Something Roots. The thing with the kids? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one school in the Bronx is part of that program. Oh, cool. So I think she'd visit. This is... The, this is the day that I decided to be a vegetarian. When you met Jane Goodall, yes. I remember that. Yes, <laughs> she was. You know, she always brings that like stuffed monkey with her. Oh. And this time she brought a stuffed cow with her and Mr. Moo. Oh. And she was like, yeah, this is Mr. Moo. And I just wanted, um, most people there were young. You yeah. Know, they were like high school, middle school. It's like, I just wanted everyone to know that this is how, um, you know, your everyday decisions makes an impact on the whole world. Mm -hmm. And eating meat has a really big impact on the environment. And oh. um, it's your choice to do it or not do it. And I was like, oh my God, why do I eat meat? <laughs> I love meat. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. And that's, I feel like I had done a couple of attempts before that. Yeah. But that day I was like, oh, you know, I should really. Jane is right. Jane is right. Mr. Moo is right. Mr. That's Moo is right. Jane is right. And I should really stop eating meat. But then, I didn't realize that. I do remember that happening. I always thought you became a vegetarian after the wedding in West Virginia. Oh, that. But I guess that. Was that, was that one before of the first or was attempts. that after? Okay, that was the first attempt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had. Yeah, that, that wedding was crazy. <laughs> um, Here, let's uh, go down to the vault. Then there was one time my friend made, um, what's it called? Uh, tartar. Uh, oh, beef yeah. Tartar. Mm. Too much of it. Oh, and I, too like, much tartar. Uh, You're on a prank show called Too Much Tartar. Too Much Tartar. <laughs> <laughs> I had too much tartar and I was like, I can't eat meat. And yeah, I think Jane was maybe the third. The final. The final. But then, you know, now I still eat meat when I'm like traveling right. or just vacation meat. Yeah. And I don't, I, I try not to be difficult about it, but. Well, I think especially if you're hearing it, like it sounds like the way that Jane explained it was that like, just be aware that like everything you choose has an impact. Yeah. But that's like, that mean that applies to like Bloom literally there. everything you do. Oh. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and if it's you know the meat is made with well, the, it's not, it's done sustainably. I think. What do you think about the lab right. meat? Are you on board or does it freak you out? I'll like, try it. Yeah. I feel oh. I feel like one of the things that I would want to like be you know, hesitant to give up. Like, I like cheeseburgers, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that's the perfect thing for lab grown meat, right? Like, yeah, how yeah. is that gonna look any different yeah. or taste any different? Yeah, that's true. I'm freaked out by it, but yeah. I'll also try it. Yeah. And it also sounds like something that makes sense. I'm just like, definitely in the mindset of like, I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is this yeah. plastic meat? What are you trying to feed me? I'll but like also then try. I like think about it one step further and I'm like, I don't know what my meat is anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I know. So Yeah. 
I mean, I try not to be super extreme. I feel like being extreme in anything, like if we only had lab meat. Yeah. Is that health? I don't know. Like, is yeah. it healthy? Is it right. okay to do that? I guess having but, a balance. I mean, it's like, it's actually kind of related to like what you do for the parks yeah. and the forest too. It's like having a balance and being like, well, I can cut back some of this, mm -hmm. but maybe I'll leave a little bit either because it's like I really enjoy it and that creates some sort of joy or like maybe it is sort of good in one small way. It's just like not too much. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, I mean, I feel like that can be applied to like our lives too. Yeah, I mean, the meat industry is really bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th those people in West Virginia that that have the chickens, I'll, I eat their chickens. It's really yeah chill yeah i'm never gonna help them out again. right it was too much for <laughs> your much. brain to handle right yeah <laughs> but the chicken I'm itself is I good did it. yeah yeah all right so i want to ask you one question while we still have you <laughs> and this might be you might not be able to nail down just one. Oh. so if you need to give a small cluster that's fine but best park per borough oh Oh, that's really hard. That's why I said, just, just the three that come to your head for each borough. Is that enough? Is that sufficient? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say about Cortland for parks because we're already here. Okay. Okay. So that's obviously to. a good one. Okay, yeah. sure. So let's say Pelham Bay Park because it okay. has everything. It has yeah. forests, it has wetlands, it has a beach, it yeah. has the biggest parking lot in the world. <laughs> not really, but like a really big parking lot. Um, yeah, it has a lot of deer, which are, you know, killing the forest. Oh. <laughs> um, then Riverdale Park. It's okay. a little cutesy. Yeah. I love it. We'll be there it's next by week. By the water. Yeah. Um, and then Seton Falls Park. Seton oh. Falls Park is really nice. It's pretty small. Yeah. yeah. Not so far from here. Okay. It's like between here and Pelham. Yeah. Okay. And I really like that, nice. that park. Here so next is Queens. Yeah, here's a quick look at the vault. This oh, is where the yeah. Van Cortlands were buried until the 1880s when they moved, the, the family started getting buried in Woodlawn. But there are people that are interred here. And uh, yeah, the markers and monuments were removed after vandalism yeah. in the 60s. But it's still a very impressive building. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool, yeah. yeah. Have you guys been in the house yet? No, we haven't been. No. We've walked past it. We might see it before the end of this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they let us in. Uh, um, so yeah, okay, Queens. Okay, so Queens, Queens. Next. Queens, Queens, Queens. <laughs> well, one of them has to be in the Rockaways. Oh, sure. Right? I don't sure. Know. I mean, it's up to you, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna... Well, first I'm gonna say Alley Pond Park, because I was recently okay. there. That's a great one, yeah. And also has has everything. Tallest yeah. trees in the city, right? Biggest tree. Biggest biggest tree, okay. Yeah, like a biggest Bigger DBH. Yeah. Oh, okay. What is it? Diameter breast height. Okay. Um, that's how you measure the width, the width of a tree. Cool. Yeah, so let's say Alley Pond. Okay. And then Cunningham. I really like Ooh, Cunningham that's Park. that's a good one too. Oh, which yeah. is Cunningham? Cunningham is um, close to Alley Pond. It's also, it's like, if you look on a map, it's like four separate parts. Um, again, split by roads and highways. Yeah. Okay. And We've used the bathroom in Cunningham Park okay, quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like the lower part, the, like south of Valley Pond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I can picture it. 
<coughs> and yeah, Cunningham, again with that um, first professor when I was an intern, we did these plots that were covered in multiflora rose. Okay. Which is a really thorny vine, an invasive vine. And it was really hard to work there. And it was oh. like, you know, hot in summer. Yeah. And in the past couple of years, Fars has had a contractor work there and currently we're planting it. Oh. You know, contract work takes a couple of years of invasive species removal and then kind of managing and restoring the area. And right. then you put the native plants in to regenerate it with native plants. So right now that native planting is happening. And I mean, it's not that far from you guys. If you guys want to come to one of the plantings, they're yeah. usually on the weekends. Oh, cool. nice. But it's in the next two weeks. Cool. So Cunningham and Alley. Okay, now the third one has to be in the Rockaways. Okay. Because <laughs> I have to be fair. <laughs> You know Bayswater Park? Oh, I think, yeah. Oh, gosh. I think I'm going to say Bayswater cool. Park because I did a project there with this artist and we did a mural. Again, this was like one of those crazy things that we really wanted to like restore the natural area. Yeah. And the funder was like, how about you guys do a mural? <laughs> and we were like, I'm You're an like, ecologist. Really... Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to do a mural. <laughs> They're like, we'll fund it. Oh like, my gosh. Great. Wonderful. Sounds exactly like what I want to do. Right. And then it ended up being really fun, actually. Nice. Yeah. It was, um, I ended up working with one of the GCC, Guanascanal Conservancy people who was oh, a cool. muralist. And she did a wonderful mural. She studied the, the ecosystems, all plants and animals. Yeah and made a mural on both sides of of this road and you can so you can see it from the from the street and from the park side oh cool. and then made these little kind of beaks or uh paw um paintings uh -huh. from the mural to the entrance of the natural trail oh, oh that's cute which is, yeah it like that connected the whole work oh yeah. i like yeah. that so bayswater is bayswater that's the we, three for queens we're gonna have to go back to bayswater at some point because the only day we were there or the only like we went there a couple times and it was must have been july it was so, so buggy. buggy we got murdered like we had like, to run like, we had to yeah. run we were like well we were like it's that fine like it's fine I, they're like we're like this is gonna be it's fine yeah and then at some point not. we were like look at all this we need to food. run like yeah. we actually need to we can't like walk we need to yeah. run out of here yeah. but yeah. it was really pretty that's yeah. funny i went to a, like a community meeting before we were doing the mural to like present the mural yeah the work. and uh one person stood up and said that about his daughter but he said it in a really weird way said like my daughter was attacked in the park and you know everyone was like <gasps> yeah yeah like, by mosquitoes <laughs> oh my God. like yeah we know that yeah, that's <laughs> but you gosh. made it sound really weird right like well i think there was we after we plucked them out out of us literally i mean there's some invasive mosquitoes i think oh yeah yeah tiger yeah yeah and they like get They're stuck kind of dumb you like you can kind of no kill exactly them. and that's they like get stuck on you because you kill them and they don't like they don't fly away for yeah. like it's very strange yeah so anyway that's queens anyway where are we going so next queen. brooklyn well, manhattan let's go brooklyn okay. okay prospect okay okay um 
Marine Park. Oh, yay! Yeah, okay. <laughs> Love Marine Park. Nice. And then Brooklyn. I really like Fort Greene Park too, even though oh, it really? doesn't have natural areas. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's a, nice. It has a really nice vibe, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, I like I like it. All right. Not everything has to be natural area. It doesn't. No, not at all. Well, I also feel like kind of Marine Park and Fort Greene like balance each other out. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, you could, yeah, take a look at this thing. We're not even really addressing the fact that we're in this giant parade <laughs> yeah. ground area. No, that's true. Like, this doesn't work. <laughs> Where else? I mean, it's kind of in Prospect Park, but it's not flat Lawn. like this. Like, there's not really anything like this. I mean, it's like kind of this. like the Great yeah. Lawn. The yeah. Great this Lawn is cool that it's Park. like yeah. near the city too. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so then are we doing Staten Island or Manhattan? Um, let's do Staten Island. Okay. Okay. okay Staten Island Conference House Parks. Yeah. Okay. All the, the way in the south. The all the end. most southern tip of New York State. Actually. Oh, really? Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Makes sense. The end of the world, as some people call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite parks. Cool. And Long Pond Park also. Oh, yeah. Really uh -huh. close to it. Yeah. Um, Staten Island, you know, has a lot of great parks. So it many. does. It's it's really hard to contrary pick. to what some of the people watching yeah. or listening might think. It's I basically know. like all a park. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> A giant uh, green, green little. What's the Olmsted one uh, that's escaping me right now? Fairly Silver close Lake? to the ferry. Um, is Silver Lake? Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Yeah, Silver yeah, Lake. Silver Lake. Yeah, Silver Lake is cool. But I think for my third one, I would pick Highbridge Park. Oh, okay. Highbridge. Yeah. You know, part of the green belt. It's really pretty. Yeah. It, yeah. it has a high point. It has nice trails in it. Right. But then all those northern, you know, you guys went to um, Goodhue. Uh -huh. Yeah, that place was so a cool. Recent, like a recent, it, it it was private. It was a private camp, and it recently became parkland. Yeah, and the Clove Lake was right there too. Right? Yeah, Clove Lake is is cool. also close to there. Yeah, Staten Island is. And Great Kills was the first thing that I thought of. Oh, Great Kills oh. is actually not NYC Park. Oh, it's not? Well, um, oh, right. Great it's Kills like, is um, NPS. Right. It's part of the National, National Park yeah. Service. But there are pieces of it um, on on the shore that are parks property. Okay. But I think what you're thinking of is... Is, is the part. Home. No, you're right. It is the part that's like yeah. connected to... Yeah. One place I have not been in Staten Island is Fort Worth. Fort oh. Wattsworth. Oh, oh, yeah. It's great. There's goats there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Maintenance goats. Maintenance goats. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's round okay, it up so with Manhattan. Yeah. I know that's a, Manhattan, that can be a hard one. Central Park, Inwood. Yeah. Inwood. Fort Tryon. Boom. Oh, nice. You're ready. Easy. High Bridge, too. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Washington Square Park. Too. Oh. I love Washington <laughs> Right. Park. Well, that's like a whole, that's like a, like a, com it's so different vibe. You I know. know. Yeah. yeah. Well, Washington Square is almost like Fort Greene, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. on that level. Well, you know, yeah. you're allowed to have like dozens. I'm asking you a very no, hard totally. question. No, totally. Yeah. You did say like, don't ask me this question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, here we are. Here we are. Here's I think that house. As, as good a place as any to conclude with you today, the uh, Van Cortland house. Yeah. Ooh. Beautiful Georgian style home. Yeah. And it's amazing because we've only walked like what a quarter of the park oh gosh yeah. oh even? yeah not, not even, even. Yeah. go to the to the other side no yeah yeah so, there's a nursery in this park yeah 
There is um, Tibbetts Brook. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Tibbetts Brook. Yeah. Next time. Well, there's the Van Corlo yeah. Lake. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll do that now so the viewers can be jealous. But, oh. you know, this is where we're going to end here. Today. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a great walk. Well, yeah. yeah, it really was. Thank well, you, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. It was great to learn a little bit about both this park and and your personal history, your journey I know. in the parks department, and uh, just and yeah, in life, in life. Yeah. Yeah. ten years. I know. Yeah, yeah. like all your adult life in the parks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. take care for now, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right, that's it for this week, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our time with Layla in Van Cortlandt Park. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We had a great time walking around, and as you saw, we only hit a little part of it, so go explore Van Cortlandt on your own if you're in the New York area. Yeah, that's right. We had a great time, and next week we will be week two in the Bronx, the Botanic Gardens and all other sorts of other parks. We're having a lot of fun so far. Yeah, so stay tuned. And if you liked this, you can hit subscribe to be notified when we post another video. And you can also like it. And if you have anything to say, you can comment. And we hope to see you again. Yep, take care for now. Bye. Bye.